0: I can remember when I received the phone call telling me that I had got this job. I can remember the time I received the phone call that told me that my dad had been diagnosed with leukemia. Maybe you've had that kind of experience of a call coming that has changed the course of your life. If you haven't, I'm sure you'll know people who have. Today we're going to examine some words of Jesus that are a call to anyone who would listen that change the course of our lives. We're going to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 13. It might be helpful for you to have the text open in front of you physically, because we're going to refer to the whole of the chapter later on in the talk. So, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. This verse is a call to action. It's not just a statement. It's a call to action. It's an illustration that um, is left unexplained. Sometimes Jesus gives illustrations in his parables, like the sower and and the seed, and he then explains what the soil is. And in this one, he doesn't explain precisely what he means by the salt. He moves on to talking about the disciples being the light of the world. And it's also slightly cryptic. So as well as being unexplained, it's slightly cryptic. Salt is single use. So how can salt be for the earth and remain salty? If I were to take some earth and take some salt and put it onto the earth, then I wouldn't exactly want to put the salt back into um, the salt shaker. Salt grinder, sorry. You know what I mean. Anyway... (laughs) So the meaning of this verse must lie in the text around it. It's as if Jesus is using this illustration to, to illustrate what has been spoken before and what is about to be said. So before these verses, we have the Beatitudes, which we were looking at in January, February and March here at BNA on the weekly service. And if you remember, uh, it, they're not a list of requirements for Christians. They are a description of the community gathered by and around Jesus, a description of life in God. And if you have your Bible open, what you might see is that in, in verse seven, Jesus said, blessed are those who are blessed are the merciful. But later on in chapter five, he speaks about um needing to love our enemies. If you are to love your enemies, you need to be merciful. He also talks about the pure in heart in verse eight. If you are not to be lustful, as Jesus instructs people in verses 28 to 30, then you need to be pure in heart. And if you're not to be angry, as Jesus instructs people in verses 21 to 26, then it, being, a, being meek as Jesus instructs people in verse 5 is a good start. So this verse in verse 13 is a hinge between what Jesus is saying at the start about the community gathered around him in their hearts, their disposition and how they are to act In verse 11, the last beatitude, Jesus addresses the disciples as you, blessed are you when. But this is the first time that Jesus begins a statement with you. So this is a call to action. He is saying to those disciples, you, you are the salt of the earth. So this is a call to them and it's a call to every Christian everyone that would hear Jesus and want to obey. And if you're listening to this or watching this and you're not a Christian, then these words can be for you, but you have to choose to be his disciple first. Now, this call to action has a call in two directions. The first is to the king, a call to action but a call to the king. So as I said earlier, salt is single use. If I poured that salt onto earth, then I wouldn't want to put it back and use it again in the kitchen. Some people have misinterpreted this verse as an instruction for the church to stay separate because then salt can keep its saltiness. But salt is to be used. It was a vital ingredient in the life of those listening to Jesus as it is indeed for us today but it's almost as if Jesus is describing a different kind of salt. Those listening to Jesus as he spoke would have had in their minds the history of their people with the manner provided by God for the Israelites in the desert. The oil and the flour miraculously provided for the woman when Elijah was present with her. And they would have gone on to see the miraculous provision for the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. This was a group of listeners who were steeped in an understanding that God can provide miraculously. And so an illustration about salt that is used but doesn't lose its saltiness is something that they would have been wrestling with an understanding And ultimately, what we can see now is that this is pointing towards the grace of God in the Holy Spirit, that actually, miraculously, God pours his Holy Spirit into those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confess that with their lips. And the Holy Spirit continues to fill us and renew us and enables us to live the life that God has purposed for us. And so this is a call to that God, a call to relationship with him, a call to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's positioning just after the Beatitudes is really important for us to understand. As I alluded to earlier, there is a relationship between the Beatitudes and the ethics that come afterwards. And so if you're someone who is prone to bearing grudges, then when you read Blessed are the Merciful, you hear something about what you are called to be in Jesus that then means that you have to lean on him and know that it will be a stretch that only God can fill for you to love your enemies. If you're somebody who struggles with sexual sin, when you hear the words Blessed are the pure in heart, you'll hear a call to a different life and you then know that in order to look at no one lustfully, you know that God has to fill that gap. And if you're someone who tends towards pride, then you know that when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he's speaking to your heart and asking you to live differently, even to the extent that you would not get angry with others. The life of a disciple is a life of one who is marked by God's work on, in the innermost parts, his grace is sufficient because his power is perfected in our weakness, Paul says to the church in Corinth. And that verse in some ways expresses what's going on in this chapter, that as we hear Jesus inviting us into this wonderful life through the Beatitudes, Actually, we know that he is meeting us in our weakness and showing us how he wants to transform us. So a call to the king amongst in that call to action, but then also a call to the kingdom. If you had been listening to what Jesus had said in um, in those first moments, you, If you were in a disciple or in the crowd, you could have been forgiven for thinking that Jesus was absurd. How would this small group of people be not just be salt, but be the salt of the earth? How could they bring any transformation in a way that might actually see the earth change, never mind them being thrown out because they've lost their saltiness? If You've read this book by Tom Holland, Dominion, uh, The Making of the Western Mind. You would see that the Western world that we experience has been so shaped by Christianity that it's almost impossible for us to pull Christian ethics and the Western world in which we live apart. That's just a wonderful affirmation of the goodness of God, of His kingdom, but also of the fidelity and fortitude of those disciples who were the salt of the earth and who joined in with God's kingdom as it expanded across this earth. The fact that we don't have the death penalty in this country or that we have the attitude that we have previously had to foreign aid finds its root in the teachings of Jesus and ultimately in the verses that we're going to be studying over the coming months. The life they, those disciples, and others lived in God changed the world. Now, we're going to look at these chapters. We're going to look at them at a slightly quicker pace than one verse a week over the coming months. And we're going to see how radical Jesus's teaching was and is and how beautiful life in him is. But before we go there, it's good for us to remember that this verse is a call to action. It's a call to the king and to life in him. And it's a call to his kingdom as it works its way out in this world. If you have responded to that call, I encourage you today to sit with these words, allow them to speak to you, allow the faith and the enthusiasm and the love and grace and mercy of God to speak to you, to renew that call that you are the salt of the earth. If you haven't received that call, if you don't believe those words, we'd encourage you to look back and to see what God has miraculously done in his church through the ages and to consider that call for yourself.